0: Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today.
1: Hello and welcome to Paper Cuts. I'm your host, Louisa Cosser, and I am joined by my honourable, venerable co-hosts. Karen Das And Jenna Todd. And this is Paper Cuts number twelve and it's our April podcast. We're we're quite late late in the
0: in the month. <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, we're just regular. We'll just pop up whenever you you know. Don't don't keep a calendar. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Don't keep tabs on us, please. <laughs> yeah. um, you can keep in touch with us. Um Via Twitter and Instagram. We're at papercutspod on both of those platforms and you can always just email papercutspod at gmail.com. I must say I haven't checked the email in
0: a, a little while. I have it connected to my email. So nice, f- nice. I don't think much is happening. No, no. <laughs> so, status normal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, well today on Papercuts we have our usual tasty menu of book news we have Unity Book of the Month. We have our book reviews. We don't have the uh, Who the Fuck is this month. Saving. Because we can't soon. be fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no one's really popped up like, as a like, controversial book figure. But
2: so. we have a new feature to replace that. Yeah. Anyway. We have a brand spanking new feature.
1: What are we calling the new feature? The TBR pile. The yeah. To Be Read pile. To Be Read. You know, TBR. Um, and we're going to talk about books that we're going to read. Yep,
0: and not books too. Oh yeah, and we have not books, as always.
1: All right, are we ready to jump into our book news? Ready to roll. Okay, well, first of all, we thought that because we are going to be doing a Auckland Writers Festival special in the month of May, we would do a little shout out of some other festivals that are happening around the country so that they don't feel sad or... You know, so that you don't have We're to come connected. to Auckland if you don't want to.
0: In last podcast, a lot of these had been announced already, but we had such a big AWF focus, yeah. so now yeah. the time has shined for the yeah. other cities. Yeah, exactly. So um, in order of
1: appearance, first of all, we actually have Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival coming up actually really soon, between the 9th and 12th of May. So if you're in Dunedin and, and you're not coming up to Auckland go to that there'll be a lot of great authors there as well mm. um, and, and quite a few of the same mm. ones because you know a lot of the internationals they'll come and do mm. like a bit of a circuit
0: who's their big cheese is it John Boyne it
1: must
2: be because he is there right I'm pretty sure he is. I think he's the big cheese.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I didn't do that much research.
2: (laughs) But one thing I do love about these other festivals is how festivals like AWF and Word and um, Christchurch and Dunedin Writers and Readers Festival, they all work together. They Mm. attempt to work together and kind of share their um, guests. Yeah, and and costs. (laughs) Yeah, and costs. So, you know, everyone gets um, a benefit.
1: Um, And then next up, we have, like, A smaller festival, a newcomer, um, the Volume Mapua Literary Festival, between the 20th and the 22nd of September. So that's a wee while away, but Mm. we just wanted to give a shout out to these things that you guys can put in your diary. And that, of course, is um, put on by our good friends Stella and Thomas from Volume in... Nelson, who were on the pod last year actually.
0: And Mapua is just the most beautiful part of the country. Mm. It's about half an hour out of Nelson and so it would be worth making a road trip for. Maybe we could have a road trip. I was thinking that we could have a road trip, yeah. Well actually I'm not sure if it's open but there is a nudie camping ground in Mapua. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, we can record a pod there.
1: We could in the nude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is a great plan. Yeah, Um, nudity is actually always a part of our pod.
2: Yeah, (laughs) people didn't actually know. that's why we sound so sensual.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Um, And. Yeah, so that's going to be great. Um, one of the authors that's going to be at the volume festival is Thomas and Slay, who, mm. um, whose book Women in the Field 1 and 2 I reviewed a couple of pods back, which I just loved. So yeah, great. It'll be a goodie, especially the nudie part. <laughs> yeah. Not actually part of the literary festival, yeah, but it just, could be. It could be, yeah. TBC, And then Karen, I believe you have eyes on the last of our festivals that we want to highlight.
2: Oh yes, Verb Wellington, uh, Words on the Move, which is the shiny new um, rebrand of Lit Cruel. Um, so Verb is what they're kind of branching out into and it will be a yearly festival which will encompass the infamous Lit crawl So Lit Cruel isn't going anywhere, Yay! Um, it will just be part of this wider festival. So um, it's just got bigger and bolder really and that's... Um, It's November, so it is a while away. But we just thought it would be a great thing to acknowledge that you know they've launched this this new thing, Um, and the name verb is um, inspired by the wonderful Loris Edmond who. She has the quote in the beautiful Wellington Writers' Walk. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's from the poem The Active Voice, and she um, basically calls Wellington the headquarters of the Verb. So I just think that's so lovely. And, um, yeah, I really love what they're doing. So I'm really excited to see what um, Verb will come up with this year. Yeah. We'll be there. We will be there. Yeah, we will be. I was lucky enough to be a participant last year, so hopefully I get invited back. Yeah. And otherwise we'll just... Turn up. We'll just we'll turn up and we'll do an
1: impromptu event of our own.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to
1: Marta here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> okay.
1: Moving swiftly. Oh, actually,
2: there's oh, something else. Oh, mm, there's Word Christchurch, which are just about to go into their autumn season. Oh, fantastic. So that's May the 8th to the 25th. And, um, yeah, so they're using a lot of similar authors as well. And Shane Carter will be in conversation with the director of Word, Rachel Ooh. King, on Saturday, May the 25th, um, around his new autobiography, Dead People I Have Known. Oh, that'll be a good gossipy session, eh? Yeah, it'll be mm. so great. And she's um, <clears throat> she's a friend of the pod. She's a uh, ex-flying nun. I was going to say casualty, but that's not, that's not the right I word. Mean, <laughs> it could be. You know what I mean. But his book um, is amazing and can read my review of that on the Herald. We can put a link up to that. Yeah, yeah, that's well worth reading Um, the review. It's nothing
0: better than a gossy music bio. The music bio
2: is amazing and I can't recommend it enough. And it's launched on the 9th of May and I actually can't believe this. Um, I can't believe that they didn't make the pub date 7th of May. I feel like, I mean this is really nerdy, but there's the line in the double happy song where he says... If you want to know the meaning of meaningless, I'll see you on the seventh of May. (laughs) So that's a missed opportunity, right there.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, we should tell him. And that is also very nerdy.
2: It is very nerdy. You can count on me. (laughs) (laughs) There's even a music festival in Auckland named after that song. So maybe, so not that deep. Maybe it was (laughs) booked out. I guess they're probably
1: just like close enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll do.
2: Um, moving along
1: Moving along to the Women's Prize shortlist
2: Yeah, this
0: was just announced yesterday um,
1: This is a great shortlist
0: Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Well, should we go down the line? we we'll go down the line So the first one is um, Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker I've read it It is based on The uh, the, woman of, <laughs> Troy, the, the right? woman of Troy, The Woman of Troy, The, the Odyssey. Odyssey Yeah, it's the female version of The Odyssey And you reviewed that on the pod, didn't you? No. No, I think she reviewed it elsewhere. I think I just read it for my book club. Oh, yeah. My other book
1: club. Oh, we talk all the time. Oh, the the book club that I'm not invited to. (laughs) That neither of us are invited. And uh, the book club that I'm not invited
0: to. (laughs) That I have to
2: bring up every...
0: Um, So... That is actually a really, it's actually quite interesting on the shortlist because if I go down to Circe by Madeleine Miller, which is about Circe, shows uh, these Greek myths are all yeah. the rage right now. It's interesting, isn't it? If um, Stephen Fry was a woman, maybe he'd
1: be on the shortlist <laughs> with his, um, his, his mythos. <laughs> yeah, it sucks to be a man,
0: eh? Um, <laughs> it's really hard for them. <laughs> It's it's especially really Stephen Fry um, <laughs> and um, My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite mm. which is a I'm actually reading it right now and I'll talk about it a little bit later but it's um, what country is it set in yeah have a look it's, at the back Go it's on. this really kind of creepy Nigerian um, novel about a woman whose sister is killing men and mm, she helps her right. clean up the bodies
1: oh yes I've read about this actually I think I've got it on my
0: library list oh cool
1: yeah. actually I've got the whole long list for the women's prize coming to me
0: in dribs and drabs from the library oh interesting yeah. so you can really see whether they the, these six yeah whether I'll it.
1: read them all is is TBC but yeah
0: Milkman by Anna Burns which we've talked about a lot which won the man booker Ordinary People by
2: Diana Evans. I've read that one. Which it's Karen has read you've yeah. read. It's so good. It's so good. Really warm and intelligent. Mm, but with this really creepy yeah. sort of
1: melancholy kind of undertow. Loved it. Great character. It I'm interested setting. to read it. I think you would
0: like it Jenna. No, it's yeah, no normal people. This one and yeah. um, ordinary
1: people, not normal people.
0: <laughs> and an American Marriage by Tayari mm. Jones, which is one
2: of Obama's favorite.
0: Yeah, yeah, of mm. that year.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. lots mm. of buzz around it. And maybe that one. Oprah too, I think. Yeah. But the, the, I wasn't w- going to mention her.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Oprah. Um, the winner is she announced on the fifth of June. Why do you and Oprah have these? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. They don't. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? Um,
1: <laughs> you know what you did, Oprah.
0: <laughs> so 5th of June is when the winner come, is announced. Yep. Um, one of the judges is Dolly Alderton, who um, hosts the High Low podcast. So it's actually quite interesting to re- listen to that because the way that she talks about those books mm. from a judge's point of view is mm. quite insightful. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right, awesome. And then we're just going to circle back quickly and lightly to the upcoming Auckland Writers Festival because we want to do a little shout out to the fact that Karen is going to be chairing a session on the Friday.
2: Yeah. Yay!
0: <laughs> Karen, can you tell you us more? You guys are going to come, eh?
1: Yeah, yeah I'm going to come. Yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. Okay, I, don't, I didn't put it in my um, thing, though, because I wasn't going to come on the Friday. But you are now? But I am now. I can
2: organise it. Edmund organised okay. I'm just
0: going to write that on there. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I'm such a piece of shit.
2: <laughs> so the session is America is Not the Heart, um, and it's... I'll be in conversation with Elaine Castillo, who is a Filipina-American writer, and um, this is a great really good, um, terrific debut novel uh, from her, and it's about the Filipino diaspora of um, three generations of women in the San Francisco Bay Area. And Hero, the main character, she's a quiet, young Filipina woman, and she comes from a middle-class, well-connected family Um, They're friends with Marcos. Um, And she becomes radicalized and affiliated with the MPA, which is the New People's Army, Mm. uh, the the armed wing of the Communist Party of the Philippines. And she's been tortured and brutally treated. Um, They broke her thumbs. So she's actually a bit disabled. Um, And because of her radicalization, she's um, disowned by her family and goes to America and has to start this new life. So it's about trauma, family, class, race, intimacy, sexuality as well, um, and how personal and political lives intersect. um, And it's multilingual as well. Um, Great read. And I I think she'll be really, really interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. So come along, people. It's May the 17th, Friday, uh, 1pm.
1: Karen, is this your first time chairing a session at Auckland Writers Festival? It is. Ah, sweet. So everyone come along and support Mm. your girl. Also, it'll be really great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Okay. And now, now we have the Unity Book of the Month. It is called *Axiomatic* by Maria Tumarkin, who um, will be
2: appearing at the Auckland Writers Festival. Well that looks. This book you at know, the same I've, time as my session. Oh, actually. I was going to oh, say oh, it sounds really interesting. To to one. One. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it looks. It's first... a real
1: Sophie's choice. This one.
0: This book looks really great, yeah. and I guess... It looks right up our alley, eh? Yeah. I
1: keep
2: going to buy it, and it keeps selling out.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, Okay, well, I shouldn't have made a book of the month then, because now we'll never be able to get it. Well, you, you could probably grab it down at the festival, but yeah. it, it tells true and intimate stories of a community dealing with the extended aftermath of a suicide, a grandmother's quest to kidnap her, kidnap her grandson to keep him safe, one community lawyers battle inside and against the justice system, the effects of multi generational trauma, and the history of the author's longest friendship. Mm. Inventive, bold and generous. So it's sort of narrative philosophy, I would sort of describe it as kind and of she's modern narrative doing philosophy.
2: A workshop as well that our friend Kate is going to. Oh, so yeah. that would be fantastic.
0: Cool. Mm. So we'll hear, we might be able to give some feedback on what Kate thought of that.
2: Yeah. Oh my God, it's time
0: for our book reviews already. Great. I know. Did you know everyone, we're actually drinking a tequila slushies right now? It's making um, <laughs> time go really fast. Thank you, spin off officers. Yes. <laughs> we
1: were like, no, we don't want any. And then we just, now we're having that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we endorse the slushy machine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All hail the slushy, ma- slushy machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you want to go first, Louisa? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Okay, so my, I'm reviewing two books, but they're by the same author, mm-hmm. so it only counts as one, I've decided. Um, so these two books, they're both by a woman named Natalia Ginsberg, um, and the reason that I picked them up was because I had read an article online, which we'll link to, um, that had the headline, something like, if Eleanor Ferrante is a friend... Then Natalia Ginsburg is a mentor, Ooh. and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, you know, that's coming in pretty strong um, because I love Elena Ferrante very, very much, and so I picked these books up. So one of them is a book of essays. It's called The Little Virtues, and it's I think it's just been re released in the UK, so that should we should be able to get that. Mm. But we'll um, we'll get the details on that <laughs> later.
0: In- incoming details.
1: Incoming details. Um, Yes, yeah, so there's a book of essays called The Little Virtues. Um, very little. It is very little, yeah, but that's not why it's called that. It's named after um, the final essay, also called The Little Virtues. Um, and it's about, you know, when we teach our children, we teach them the little virtues instead of the, ma- the larger virtues. So we teach them things like thrift and caution rather mm. than you know, generosity mm. and fearlessness, you know, courage. Um, But my favourite essay in this is actually called Human Relationships and something really unique that Ginsberg does is she speaks in the first person plural, Mm -hmm. so the whole thing is narrated as we, so you know for instance, meanwhile our situation at school has changed overnight, everyone begins to respect us when they see that we are respected, etc. Oh, I should actually maybe say a little bit about Natalia Ginsburg. Mm-hmm, so she please. was born – she's an Italian writer. Um, she's got a Jewish last name. Her father was Jewish. Um, he was a, I think a, a doctor of anatomy or, you know, a professor of anatomy. So they were sort of a kind of academic sort of bourgeois family in Italy. And um, she married an activist and they had, you know – A terrible time during the war, you know, just so much, you know, poverty and just degradation. And in the final years of the war, her husband was murdered by the Nazis. Mm. And this came after, you know, years of fascism as well. So she's a very kind of politically minded writer, I would say. Maybe more so than Elena Ferrante. I think Mm. that she grapples more with kind of issues of class, Mm. um, the fact that you know prior to World War Two, people were still living in quite a sort of medieval way. You know, people, you know, there was the the kind of lord on the hill and then the peasants in the valley below. And those people were just hit so hard mm. by the war. So she writes a lot about that, which brings me to the other book by Ginsburg that I'm reviewing. It's called All Our Yesterdays. It's a novel, but I do think it is actually heavily based on Ginsburg's own life. Mm. Um, it's about a kind of rowdy kind of middle class Italian family and mainly the main sort of protagonist is Anna. She's a very quiet person who's quite sort of overlooked and in fact she kind of only comes into, you only sort of start to realise that she's the main character sort of as the book progresses quite a bit um, and her life has changed when she um, conceives an unwanted pregnancy and you know has to make quite a big drastic decision about what to do about that. So I won't spoil mm. what their decision is but you know, thinking about that article, I think it's like a, kind of weird to compare Natalia Ginsburg and Elena Ferrante. Why you do know, you I, think they've done that? I guess it's just because they're both, Ita- both Italian, they write in Italian, and they both wrote about the the effects of fascism mm. and the effects of World War II on Italy. But I would say that their styles are quite different. Um, it sounds like it. Elena Ferrante, I think, has a very kind of passionate, sort of immediate quality but but maybe like a little bit less substance and i say that as someone who really really loves ferrante but mm. you know it's not quite as i wouldn't say that Ginsburg is serious because she is quite sort of dryly humorous at times but i think that she is really grappling with some huge issues because unlike ferrante i think natalia Ginsburg lived this period Mm. Um, you know and is writing from her own experience and from a lot of heartbreak as well but I really do recommend that you pick up either of these books I think especially The Little Virtues I think it's an an extraordinary book of essays and something else I liked about it is that the first few essays are good but you see a progression towards them becoming really fantastic at the end of the book Mm. and they are in a chronological order I believe and Mm. Um, Ginsburg refers to that in the forward to this edition. The new edition that came out, I think, from Daunt Books in the oh, UK.
2: Love Daunt Books.
1: Has a forward by Rachel Cusk, who oh. we all love. So. Marker of quality. Exactly. So that just goes to show that Natalia Ginsburg is definitely worth a look, yeah, You know, I with or so. without reference to Elena Ferrante.
2: Hey, you know, it's interesting you talking about the kind of... Um, tense that she writes in because it makes me think of um an extraordinary book that i've just read the years by annie erno Mm. which is on the man booker international um shortlist i really hope she wins and she writes in a really interesting kind of way where it's a memoir and it's an autobiography but it's actually collective so she's actually encompassing everybody oh that sounds so it's sort of personal extraordinary but um collective as well so it's intimate but,
1: mm, but also, inclusive. not yeah, and not individualistic, yeah, at all, yeah, quite amazing.
2: I'd love to check her out, I'd love to check Annie Erno mm. out,
1: and we will in the fullness of time. All right, so I think that's all I've got, unless you guys have any questions about those.
0: No, so let's move on. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I can go, yeah, that's on the so, um. I'm actually going to be reviewing a book that is also shortlisted for the International Man Booker Prize, which is called Drive Your Plough Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczuk. And she is a Polish author who is actually a trained psychologist and she's been published since 1989. She is also a very political writer. She's been labelled um, a traitor by conservative politi- polit- politicians and um, she has very outspoken views on feminism and, you know, looking after people and making sure everyone anti-racism and things. So she's quite interesting to listen, uh, read about around her writing. So last year she won the Man Booker International Prize for her novel Flights, which was translated by Jennifer Croft and recently text publishing released Drive Your Plough, This was originally published in 2009, and it's also a film, a Polish film, um, that came out in 2017 called Spore, and this has been translated by Antonia Lloyd-Jones. So it's interesting Mm. that she's changed translators, but still has been... Uh, shortlisted Um, for both years in a row.
2: Yeah, the first um, edition that she won the international... the Man Booker International Prize was Fitzcarraldo, which is one of my favourite immigrants who have also published the years, which is on this year's shortlist as well. They do
0: those beautiful blue Blue covers. Blue and white, yeah. 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 Um, So the the Man Booker International Prize is going to... um, be released, uh, the winner will be the 21st of May. Mm. So what, this is not the Man booker, it's the international Man booker for translated works and the translator and the author split the £50,000 prize. So this book is about a woman in her 60s. Her name is Janina, which she hates that name. And she, it's winter in this tiny Polish village. Most people leave and they leave their little cottages. And she actually goes around and looks after other people's cottages. She's a staunch vegetarian. She's a keen interest in astrology and is really seen as a nuisance by m- <laughs> much of, many of the villains. I love it. <laughs> she sounds great. She's a bit of a loner and she lives amongst these characters which she names based on their personalities like Oddball, Bigfoot, Dizzy <laughs> and Good News. Um, so when men from the local hunting association are being found dead, all in different but suspicious circumstances, Janina takes it upon herself to investigate believing that due to planetary alignments that the men are being murdered by the deer. <laughs> that oh, they're... the D-E-E-R. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and she spends a lot of her time talking to villagers about this as well as writing many letters to the police to tell them to investigate immediately. <laughs> um, so this book immediately reminded me of one of our favourites of this year, The Ice Shelf by Anne Kennedy, because it, of that eco-comedy touch Mm. as well as this protagonist whose eccentric personality shines in their own way but is revealed slowly by the interactions with other characters and you know she's completely unaware Um, but yeah I really love how she's revealed and it's it is a crime book, but it doesn't really fit easily in the mm. crime section. It has this deep literary touch. And like Janina and her former student Dizzy spend their time translating William Blake's poems, to which the um the title is taken from. And that really shows the artfulness of the translation because they've been translated from English into Polish and then translated into English again. But what they're doing as characters is they're translating certain parts over and over again and looking at the different ways that they can be translated. So there's like some really... Oh, Meta, interesting stuff oh, going so on. Measure. So um, it's smart, it's funny, it's feminist, it's an animal rights novel, which is the second I've read this week because I just read Moby's new <laughs> new what? of notes. Oh, oh <laughs> mate, M- Moby the musician, yeah, who will, not Moby Dick. Who will describe any <laughs> meal he eats as um, as vegan, no matter what? <laughs> um, and uh, I just really loved it. It's very funny. Her wit is. Just just shining through the pages, mm. and the main character Janina is just hilarious, but r- ridiculous as well. And it's not too long; it's about two hundred and seventy pages, and it and it just un- it just feels really tightly and concisely written. It's a oh. great story. I'm interested in the film as well. I watched the trailer for that mm. last night, and that's you know they've really captured the coldness and the big hills that she describes in the snow, and yeah, it's. Is it a Polish film? Is it a yeah. Polish
2: production? It's called yeah, it's great. called
0: Spore, I think. Yeah. But I don't know what that means in Polish. I actually don't know too much about Poland, personally. I don't even know if I've read a Polish author before. Yeah.
2: I've watched lots of Polish films. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this could be one to, to add on. The main character the who plays Janina actually was quite different to what I expected. I ma- imagined her to look mm. more more loose, <laughs> more nutty, but um, she looks quite normal in the film. But, uh, yeah, I'd really recommend it. It was a great, great read. Oh, sounds like you really enjoyed it. Yeah. I can't
2: wait to read it. Yeah, it was a treat.
0: I, for some
1: reason, had the impression that it was a very serious and quite sort of macabre book, and I don't know where I got that idea from. I, uh, the title? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Mm. Drive your blow over the bones of the dead. Mm. Um, but, yeah, now that I know that it's funny... Colour me intrigued. Yeah,
0: Olga's cool. She's really
2: cool in interviews. Great. Yeah, she
0: doesn't speak heaps oh, of English. yeah. But
2: I've had yeah. a podcast with her. Oh, and she was fabulous. Yeah. She was actually really uh, warm and quite funny. Yeah, she's got like yeah. little tiny dreads, into... and yeah. was she speaking English? I've only
0: watched. It was. Translation yes, stuff. she was
2: um, speaking English. It was. Um, it must have been the London Review of Books. Ah. Uh, Cool. Yeah. What's wrong with the name Janina, anyway?
0: Oh, it's really funny how she like she <laughs> hates on the name. Right in the beginning, she hates on the name Janina, and you're Aww. like, "Whoa, that's so specific." And then it's re- then she reveals that it's her name. <laughs> oh, oh.
2: <laughs> sounds so good. Yeah, so it's great. All right, Karen, your turn. Okay, so I've got a book called Constellations: Reflections from Life by Sinead Gleason, and um, it's a collection of fourteen pieces by her and they are really extraordinary Um, I think this is really a suite of essays that people will love and you can see my copy here is um, riddled with marginalia and Mm. underlinings Um, and also quotes from authors who I absolutely love um, raving about it Robert McFarlane says it's glitteringly brilliant, Um, an astonishing debut, John Boyne says intimate yet universal The most powerful essays I've read in many years. Anne Enright says that Sinead Gleeson is an absolute force. And if you want to know where passion and tenacity are born, read this book.
0: she's your big fave.
2: Yep. And Ema McBride, that wonderful author, she says that this is galvanising and it's a book that every woman should read. Mm. Oh, every woman. And and every man, I would add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's what Ema says anyway. And it is a fabulous... um, collection of essays, they're really wise and diagnostic and unflinching and a really generous look at trauma, uh, the body illness, pain, faith, pregnancy, motherhood and these amazing flashes of art criticism um, and political commentary and it's something that you can't avoid when you're an Irish woman and you're writing about the body and pregnancy. You can't, um, you know, the politicisation of women's bodies Mm -hmm. in Ireland, you know, given that contraception was illegal until 1979 and issues around women's bodies um, and abortion and of course the referendum last year so she writes so beautifully about all of that um, and just to there's just such a sense of tenacity um, like Anne Enright says I really I really get that sense because you just know she has worked so hard on this collection she um, had a leukemia diagnosis and she's telling her parents they're really upset and she says I'm not going to die I'm going to write a book and it's this book um, and you know to commit to writing is to commit to life right because you, you've got a project and that's artist tenacity really um, and so anyway it begins with this amazing essay describing how as a young girl she became aware of her body And of it letting her down when she was 13, she was diagnosed with monoarticular arthritis.
0: Mm.
2: And the way that she writes about pain is so direct and descriptive. Um, She describes it like a bomb going off in her bones. And she writes of how our brains selectively archive trauma and Details a really invasive major operation that she ha- had to undergo, and how now is an orthopedic fix. Um, it was called a anthrodesis. It's only performed on horses now, so it's just really extreme. But I loved her description of illness and illness as an outpost. Um, you know, it's lunar, arctic, difficult to read. Mm. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. But she, the name constellations. I sort of wondered what that meant, but she actually says, um, I've come to think of all the metal in my body as artificial stars glistening beneath the skin, a constellation of old and new metal, which I thought was just so um gripping as a descriptive. And she references Jenny Offal, um, her novel Department of Speculation, which is a oh, favourite wow. of mine. Um, a tremendous novel and you know, there's that character in it who she's caught between wanting to be an art monster and a mother and cool <laughs> she I references it. that and it's about her being a mother and people kind of questioning her and sort of being like well what about your kids you're going on this writer's residency you know um it's that kind of push pull um, the idea and practice of living a kind of parallel life
1: yeah i that's so interesting. When you said Jenny Offal, it reminded me. I think I've read a book of hers. It's called Last Things. Yeah. And I think that's... that's the one before, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's a YA book, but it was purchased for me as a YA book. <laughs> and I read it when I was a teenager. It was very dark, but really extraordinary. Jeez,
2: Department of Speculation. Have you read that? No, I it will, though. It is so good. I'll find it at home for you. Um. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and... Anyway, she writes a lot um, in detail about blood, which is so fascinating, technical and personal and visceral Mm. all at the same time, Um, how the sick body has its own narrative impulse. Um, She's a really close observer and thinker, and these essays are just so rewarding um, and rich. And when I was reading it, I was just thinking of all these people that I know and even kind of just know on the peripheral, thinking this person will love this. And, mm. you know, good readers, if you like Deborah Levy or Olivia Lang or Anne Enright or just any bloody good writer, mm. you will love these essays.
1: I just love how many um, collections of sort of personal essays are mm. being published. Stunning. I can't yeah. get enough. I can't get enough either. Yeah. Thank you so much, Karen. That sounds awesome. Is it actually... Was I interrupting you? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: that's it.
0: Um, that, I don't know if I'm going to be informed enough on this, but that, did you guys read on the spin-off books, page Stephen Toussaint's piece about
2: poetry? I did. I started reading it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, that's not <laughs> oh, actually, same.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not it was beca- a little long, Steve, but other yeah. than that, it was awesome.
2: Well, mm. not, yeah, I, I guess it was,
0: yeah, I was waiting for an appointment and then I was reading it and I had to put it down. And I'm like, I'm going to come back to this later. It was later. long yeah. and dense. Yeah. 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 Um, But I was just, it just reminded me of how he is talking about in that piece about um, the the revealing of
2: self and that trend of like laying it all on the table and that personal stuff. So, oh, she does that in Mm. there. She's revealing so much not only about her inner world, but her inner workings Mm. and how her body's failed her and the shame of bodies, the shame attached to being unwell and, you know, like to see a scar opens up the inevitable question what happened you know and um her having to explain having to walk with this limp it's very visible and Mm. just how when you live with something like that it makes you so aware of when you walk into a room how you have to clock it and work within it within that space and how people will respond to you like she Mm. would enter the room from a specific angle so that it would conceal um the side of her that had a lump just being that aware of your body,
1: mm. yeah. I find, I think I think that people are really kind of delving into questions of illness and empathy and yeah. and how sort of impossible it can be for people to empathise with people who are ill, you know, or you know, especially people with chronic pain mm. and things like that.
0: Or also whether they have to empathise in terms of like someone may have a disability, but. Mm. don't like how people react to them like yeah. there's something wrong with yeah. them yeah. Um, and so it's quite a fine balance of managing managing yeah. that
1: but definitely it's great to see the questions being asked mm. instead of just ignored because it's always because I think people tend to push it under the rug because it makes Mm. them uncomfortable for Mm -hmm. various reasons. Mm. I
2: think more it's just interesting because there'll be stuff that you'll be able to relate to that other people haven't written or spoken about before. So that's Mm. really illuminating to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Cool.
0: Sounds great. Another great Irish writer.
2: Another great Irish writer. Not the new Sally Rooney. (laughs) Not the new. Gosh, I can't tell you how many um, (laughs) publishers I talk to, and they come to me and they say, and this is for people who like Sally Rooney or this book is like Sally Rooney and I just say look it's not Stop. <laughs> don't even try and you know like that's yeah, so Sally lazy Sally Rooney's we're the new like, Sally
1: Rooney yeah. come on, she's
2: only just come out yeah, was, that's so funny and it's like this book sounds nothing like, just, <laughs> like oh, what can we cash in on yeah it's like <laughs> about a relationship dumb. and it's Irish <laughs> yeah. it's not even Irish yeah, though yeah, yeah, it's, the, totally. <laughs> it's, it's got people young, in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. So where are we up
1: to now? Oh, um, oh, shall we do the TBR pile or should we do not books? Should we have a book break? Yeah, book break. Oh, God, so tired of books. Hate yeah. them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not books. Who's going first? I'll go first.
1: Um, so it's another podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. When all oh, else fails,
1: i just like the only media I really consume <laughs> other than books is podcasts. Mm-hmm. usually about books. Um, so this podcast is actually kind of in the sort of selfie-helpy psychology kind of realm, which is not really like a space that I tend to delve into that much. But
0: your last not Although, the yeah.
1: last time I recommended a meditation app, which mm. I've since deleted because it's too expensive for me personally, oh. but it's still cheaper than a therapist. So mm. I still recommend it to people who are re- Richer than I. Probably cheaper <laughs> than a haircut. And yeah. who, yeah, and who prioritise their mental health more than I do. <laughs> um, so the podcast that I am recommending is called Happier with Gretchen Rubin. So Gretchen Rubin. I think she's that
2: happiness lady, the yes. happiness... The happiness the trap. Project? Trap. Project. Project. The blue book. The blue, blue book. book with the, the yellow writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, we all know it. Yeah. We've all fetched it <laughs> yeah. for customers while working in bookshops. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hadn't read it because I don't tend to read kind of self-help psychology books. I no. tend... I don't know. I actually do this terrible thing where I tend to read the books I tend to read tend to be novels or mm. creative nonfiction, narrative nonfiction, and then I tend to get my nonfiction from articles and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. um, which I don't know if that's kind of ghettoising nonfiction in a terrible way, but
0: hey. No, that's okay, and a lot of mm. nonfiction comes out of long-form journalism as mm, well. Totally. Thanks, guys. Thanks for
1: justifying that. And um, But yeah, I, so I just, I don't know why I started listening to this. I've only listened to a couple of episodes, but... I really enjoyed it, and I think part of the reason I enjoyed it is because it's narrated by Gretchen Rubin and her sister, whose name escapes me at the moment, but I'm sure she won't know or care. Mm. Um, They are a pair of just kind of like salt of the earth, New York. I don't know if they're Jewish, but they seem like New York Jewish ladies, like, you know, just like having a gab, and I I love that. Mm. I just love that vibe. And So, so they talk about things like the last episode I listened to, the main thrust of it, it's, it's a conversation, the main thrust of it was not over-consulting. And so they would say things like, oh, you know, I always, I'm not going to attempt an accent, I was going to, but then I decided not to, <laughs> and I think that's the best. Um, you know, I always say to my husband, oh, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? What movie? What time should we go to the mm. movie? But I always know actually what I want mm-hmm. but I'm asking him because I don't want the responsibility of making the decision and or you know I don't and or I'm just kind of like not accessing my own thoughts mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like f- kind of farming out my decision making mm-hmm. to other people and so you know they were talking about you know Ways to not over and to kind of like trust your own judgment and things like that. But then on the flip side, you know, it's not always bad to consult other people. Yeah. And, and and it can be a way of maybe you ask what they want to have for dinner because you want to have a conversation about it. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I just thought it. it's a nice kind of empathetic. You feel kind of you feel good and you feel like you're learning kind of. You know, useful, practical kind of life advice, but it doesn't feel preachy. It just feels mm. like you're listening to two sisters just chatting.
0: Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Good tone.
1: Yeah, good tone. The mm. tone's just right, and it's so important on a podcast.
0: Do you know, um, I sometimes, well, regularly ask my husband questions, and then he'll say, why don't you Google it? And I'll oh like, "Oh my gosh, I
2: get that too."
0: And it's like, "Hey, I'm trying to have a conversation here. And we could just we could just sit here
1: and Google things <laughs> yeah.
2: and never yeah. speak again." Facts, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> I get told to Google all the time. Yeah. And it's not good. I'm not happy about yeah. it.
0: I feel you, sister. I'm gonna
2: stand up to this. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody get, outrage! I never get told to Google Aww, things. I think well, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just
0: look it up (laughs) can I tell you something funny that's happened uh, yesterday to me Um, speaking of Stu he so I don't watch Game of Thrones but on Sunday night I heard him groaning through the like being like ugh like through the wall (laughs) and the like this is so stupid or whatever so when he came to bed I was like what were you groaning about and he's like Oh just in this um scene in Game of Thrones like there was a man who got a yam put up up his bum and I was like what <laughs> yeah yam put up his bum during a fight and I was like well that's crazy man I'm glad I don't watch Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones So the next day I'm at work talking to Katie from who's just the biggest Game of Thrones fan. I'm like, what about the yam up the bum scene? She's like, I don't remember that. And um, I'm like, oh, no, well, no, Stu told me there's a yam up the bum, you must have missed it. And then... Um, How? So last- How could you miss it?
2: He was watching something else. <laughs>
0: so last night I said to Stu, Katie doesn't remember the yam bit. And he was like, I was totally joking. But it shows... <laughs> Shows how knows me to know that I would bring that up with someone else and just sounds so stupid. Oh, so that he was, it was so like a long funny. game joke. It was a long game troll. Oh, my God. That is God. so good. And, just, and honestly, I was like, well, yeah, I guess that happens in Game of Thrones. I've heard it's, it's really graphic. Yeah. Yeah. He said it was during a fight scene. <laughs> yeah. I love that detail, actually. I know. I know. You anyway. should divorce this man. <laughs> <laughs> gave me a good lol (laughs) so I haven't been watching Game of Thrones can I should I talk about my thing yes please please. long winded not books um I just started listening to this podcast. It's been out for a couple of months. It's called the Worst Sitcom Ever. I
2: watched. I've listened to one of those. Yeah. It yeah. Was, um, so
0: it's, it's RNZ. It's very cracker. It it's
1: so cracker. Is it about a podcast or is it a podcast? It is a podcast about a television show. Sorry, yeah, I meant sitcom when I said podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Was is it mean? about a sitcom or is it a sitcom? Like, is it like a? It's a podcast <laughs> about a sitcom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I totally derailed that.
0: Um, which I didn't know meant situational comedy, what? which they say Lily all Bain. the time. I don't know. <laughs> sitcom. Um, so the worst, do you know the worst sitcom ever made in New Zealand? Could Melody you? Rules. Yeah, so it's about Melody Rules, which um, is 25 years old, and it's one of the creators of the show, Jeff Hartman. He interviews actors, the director and the writers to explore what went wrong with this television show. Tanked, and But there were 40 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so it was kind of previewed without anyone having had watch it as New Zealand Seinfeld.
2: Um, I don't see that at all. Oh, I don't think even the people <laughs> creating it <laughs> so saw weird. that.
0: And... Um, it's, yeah, so it's just great. It's just 25-minute episodes. Um, I think there's seven, seven episodes released so far. It's really self-deprecating, but it just really shows how something can really derail, even though it has the best intentions. Um, so from this reality TV-like writer's course that these young writers went on to be able to be the screenwriters for the show, um, filming in the TV3 basement <laughs> where, with like plywood walls, <laughs> and this really um, constrained... Um, script like they weren't allowed to film, they weren't allowed to write outside of the two rooms in the house so every mm. scene had to be in oh. the kitchen or the lounge and... Um, How claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were the aspiring screenwriters were... Um, Like eliminated as they went along until they had this team. Um, one of the writers and actually one of the people that came up with the idea of the show was seventeen years old. Um, (laughs) and then (laughs) even. it even has a thing about a young cast member who had ADHD who just couldn't stop eating the sponsored squiggle tops and feeling really sick. Like, it's just an insane story. The thing
2: that cracks me up about the 17-year-old, though, is that how can a 17-year-old come up with something so whack? Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> so kind of boring. I know. And it's kind of like all that he knew as well. So um, it's about the show, but it's also about failure and people that can look back on it now kind mm. of laughing at it. It's it's really good. It's a really great show, and um, he's managed to find everybody, mm. um, including the the director and also Belinda Todd, who played Melody, who um, iconic, who who apparently left New Zealand yes. after this. TV show. Not related to you. Oh, no, not related to me,
2: no. <laughs> it's the famous Belinda Todd with yeah. the red hip.
0: Yeah, I know. I such an icon of, yeah. my, of my childhood. But then it was like, yeah, where did she go? So you watched the series. I
2: remember it being on mm, TV, same. but I don't remember, like...
0: Oh,
1: well, you and nobody else.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I just remember it being on and just sort of feeling sad. <laughs> like, feeling kind of... So, so and they play lots of the
0: dialogue from it, and it's like mm. terrible. But I think part of the big problem was, which they delve into, was that it was they were trying to make an American sitcom mm. where it, that doesn't really work. Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 in depth. It's funny. It's about failing, which brings back to how to fail podcast, yeah. and mm. I would highly recommend it. So it's
2: called the worst sitcom ever. I think the one that I listened to, I just thought it had such a great tone as well. Like it just. Such a great kind of self deprecating humour and really open, really willing to laugh at yourself. Yeah, yeah really nice pitch. Yeah, really great. Yeah. I can't believe I just hadn't thought, found, I
0: hadn't heard of it until like a couple of days ago. Um, uh. But it's been coming out since March.
2: So, yeah. yeah. Good one. Awesome. Karen? Um, oh, yeah uh what are we doing not books yeah so <laughs> yeah i've got auckland film society i thought i'd um, talk about auckland film society just because i don't know i don't really see many people there <laughs> I think i think it's something that people ought to be using in auckland because film society is amazing i've been going to film society since 1997 Mm-hmm. She's a really long time, long standing member. I used to be vice president in Hamilton. Aww. And Hamilton almost, I feel, had more members than Auckland. I don't know what's going on, but um, it's something that people should really, if you like film, it's really worth um, looking at. They have classic and contemporary cinema from around the world, special screenings, classic features. Um, it's not for profit, it's run by volunteers. Um, and you can look at it, um, you can look the schedule up at aucklandfilmsociety.org.nz and if you just wanted to dip your toe in and give it a go you can get a $35 sampler card which lets you go to three films mm. and if you decide you want to keep going you can keep getting those um, to accumulate a full membership. Um, and so this year I was really excited because one of their featured directors is the um, Finnish director Aki Kaurismäki. And he's one of my favourite directors. He is wonderful. He did this proletariat trilogy, um, Shadows in Paradise, Ariel and the Match Factory Girl. Um, He is seriously such a good filmmaker, really extremely minimalistic style. He kind of writes, directs, produces and edits the films himself. He's usually in them, really droll, deadpan. The dialogue's really laconic unadorned, direct, very little emotion or drama um, but weirdly because of that it has a lot of impact if that makes sense um, and when I looked it up on Wikipedia, I loved it it's, it said, his characters really smile, nod sadly, expect the worst and often constantly smoke. The camera is very still. It's a great aesthetic. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> That's right up my I'm alley. on board. Um, and so yeah it's been lovely seeing those films again and next monday which is may the 6th yeah is that right yeah that's right um they're screening a new wave czechoslovakian film from 1966 called daisies which is really exciting so yeah i highly recommend checking out film society and so where's the best place to get info from their website yep yep head to the website um and it's screened at the Academy, which is just... Oh, perfect. Such a treasure. Of, Our fave. Yeah. I just love Monday evenings, going to Film Society, getting a big glass of wine. I don't get the half-pour, I get the das-pour. <laughs> and, yeah, seeing the film and, yeah. Awesome. That's a great recommendation. Thank do you. you.
0: Do you have, like, a dinner spot you always go to after the Film Society
2: viewing? Oh, yeah, because it starts at... Yeah, so you sort of don't get out till, like, 8.30. So might nip over to Burgerfield. Mm. Oh, yeah. Love a boiger. Boyger, Yeah. Yeah. It's a great Monday ritual. Cool. That sounds great. It's one of those things that people would lose it if it disappeared. I know, and that's what yeah. I worry about. I just feel it's so... It's like with the Criterion
1: collection. I know.
2: I feel dismayed about, you know, this is such an amazing mm. thing, and this is Auckland, you know, which is supposedly a big town. Wouldn't people want... Mm. Culture. People are flakes. Aucklanders well, are flakes.
0: Yeah, because you know, and you know, you've lived in Hamilton, Wellington, and I've lived yeah. in Dunedin. When things are so central, and you know everyone's oh, going to yeah. be there.
2: Yeah, because yeah. going to Film Society in Wellington was a completely different uh, different experience. It was at the Paramount, and I felt like there were hundreds of people. Like it just felt like all of Auckland, uh, Wellington city was there. Um, and everything's in, like, walking distance. Everything's yeah. so easy. Yeah. Yeah, the ease of it. Well, Aucklanders, get your shit together. Yeah. And join the film society.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so now we're on the TB Reds piles. Just to quickly glaze over, what are you going to yeah. be reading soon,
1: Lou? Well, at the moment, I'm just finishing off a couple of books. Mm. Um, one of them is Fugitive Pieces by Anne Michaels, who will oh, be nice. at the Writers' yes. Festival. It is a beautiful book. kind of reminds me of... Um, Maybe Austerlitz by um, Sebald. Sebald, yep. Um, I must read. Yeah, it's not at all what I expected. Um, it's, you know, it's another World War II novel. Um, I sometimes get a bit like, oh, my God, another novel about World War II. But to be fair, it was written quite a while ago. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's okay. Um, it sort of reminds me a little bit of um, Anthony Doer's book as well, mm-hmm. the Light We Cannot See, um, but a little bit. Better. (laughs) Um, Although I did like that book as well. Um, And then what else have I got on the. I just finished. No, I won't talk about that. Um, I've got all of the um, Women's Prize shortlist um, and at the moment sitting. Next to my bed, I've got an American Marriage, and mm. I've got Circe. So oh, cool! I'm very excited to read those, and I also still need to read my Ockham Shortlist, which is coming up soon.
2: Yeah. Do I need to bring the new ships for you? Because I can't remember who wanted to borrow I'll, it. I've read it, so I'll I'm certainly sp- take Was it. it you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But oh, I think great. you'll love the new ships. Uh, yeah, uh, very yeah. Very Wellington. Loved it. Oh,
1: well, so am I. <laughs> 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 or at least I'm from Wellington. Um, all
0: right, who's next? Uh, jenna you seem to be next in the general yeah. yeah um so i've been reading my sister the serial killer mm-hmm. i just picked that up once the shortlist got announced yesterday because i had this huge pile for my holiday reads i finished that and i was a little bit of a loss what to read next so that was my decision made mm. and i'm i'm enjoying it so far it's quite bleak and mm. i'm not sure where it's going to go and quite really short chapters and quite punchy um Then this morning, I just received, Karen and I, you can talk about this more, Attraction by Ruby Porter. And the other one that I'm so excited, and I'm just waiting for the reading copy to arrive, shout out, text publishing, is called Three Women Mm. by Lisa Taddeo. It comes out in July, and it looks so good. Um, It's an investigative journalism uh, book. It is about three women in rural America, and it's about their sex lives over eight years. It looks oh, amazing. so Is that Text
2: Textor Bloomsbury.
0: Hannah, who's dun, Hannah? Where's dun, Hannah from? I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> from or, um, but one of those great Australian publishers. Circling back really quickly to
1: Attraction by Ruby Porter. That's actually going to be launched at the Writers' Fest, the Auckland Writers yeah. Festival. Mm. And Ruby's also a friend of mine, and I've seen her um, read poetry in the past and been really impressed I've been actually really excited for this book to come out we've for, been a waiting for a we've long been time we've been waiting as well. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got a really great oh my god I just read another thing about comparing her to Sally Rooney today but um, oh. Oh John, pa- John Page from Page's <laughs> bookstore in Sydney he said the narrator of the novel infuses the story with an amazing voice that is immensely fragile and beautifully haunting
2: mm.
0: is that about attraction
2: because mm. it's also Got cover quotes from Lloyd Jones, uh, Patricia Grace, and Paula Morris.
0: Yeah, so yeah, New Zealand writer. She takes two road trips around New Zealand in the in the book. But do you want to talk about it a little bit more? Because I see that you have some. I do notes.
2: because I started reading it in my lunch break today, and um, as soon as I started, it I was just plugged in immediately. Oh, wow, um, it's contemporary. It's set in Auckland, so it's very resonant and vivid, um, and it looks at New Zealand's colonial history, um, which interests me, and it like you say there's the road trips in there so there's the New Zealand natural world and landscape um, and to that end it reminds me actually a bit of Catherine Lacey who I feel like I talk about all the time on this podcast. Oh I've nearly finished her short stories. Oh, excellent and um, yeah so I feel like it reminds me a bit of that that oh, similar cool. kind of tone um, it reminds me of Nobody Is Ever Missing but it's early days yet but as um, Jenna said that it reminded you or it looked a bit like salt water which is um, by jessica andrews which is another book that i absolutely adored one of the best novels i've read this year but i'll talk about it another time um, yeah i just opened it and the text was laid out very yeah. in a similar way oh. and reading it, it i can see that connection because it's sort of written in that same sort of lyrical fragment style um i can't wait to get in deeper i kind of feel like ignoring everything else i have to read to keep going i'm going to yeah. read the serial killer book and then attractions yeah, cool
0: hot at the next
2: next
0: one yeah awesome yeah what oh. else is on i'm your like people? i just like want to grab it <laughs> off the table and run out of the room we're all like yeah. in a kind
1: of standoff over here yeah, yeah.
0: we can do a deep review perhaps. yeah we'll do a deep oh, dive we could do a
1: triple yeah yeah,
0: yeah.
2: maybe in june yeah
1: yeah maybe
2: And the other books that I'm really looking forward to I've been patiently waiting for months for Sweet Home by Wendy Erskine uh, published by Picador in June I feel like I've just been waiting for months and months and months for this and I keep seeing the right kind of buzz by the right kind of people overseas about it Um, She's another Irish writer and this is a collection of short stories which I feel like are picking up more and more momentum People are kind of really into short stories at the moment. They're having a kind of renaissance. Um, And I read one of her short stories in Being Various, New Irish short stories, which Sally Rooney also has a short story in there as well. But the (laughs) The two authors couldn't be (laughs) any more different. Um, And I've got another couple of books that I really want to read that I'm going to start soon, which is The Lark Ascending by Richard King. Who I've read two of his books before And I really like him He writes about music um, He wrote a book called How Soon Is Now About um, independent record shops In the UK um, He also used to work in a record shop which is quite similar to working in a bookshop Yeah, yeah. and um, But this story is a story of the British countryside Told through the relationship between music and landscape So for me that's like such a beautiful combination You know that I love music And I love reading about the natural world And it looks ha- at how Britain's identity was shaped throughout the 20th century
1: Oh, because The like Ascending,
2: that's, uh, uh, that's by Benjamin Britten right? I kept wanting to say William Blake poem But no, no, it's but not I think it's, it's, It yeah. is a poem from Is a it? poem. Oh, it's I think. oh, okay, my bad. I can't
1: remember. Maybe which. it's a poem that was set to music by Benjamin Britten. Could anyway, be. mm.
2: yeah. <laughs> someone will tell us. Yeah. Email that us, that at gmail dot com. But it's, yeah, it's a nice. It sounds like a really nice reimagining of a country's wild places. Um, and there's just two other books that I'm dying to read, um, which ties into what we were just talking about: failure, um, how to fail by Elizabeth Day, oh. whose podcast I've recommended. I think in the last. It was episode. a couple of pods ago, I think. <laughs> um, and Robert McFarlane has a new book called Underland, um, which is about landscape and the human heart. He's one of the best um, writers about the natural world out there. He has rabid fans as well. Mm. So much to read. There's so much good stuff coming out. So much good stuff So many books,
0: up. so little time. I'd just like to... Um Tell you back to louise's first review of *The Little Virtues*. That's out in a great new little edition, which is only twenty three dollars mm. and available Ooh. at all good bookstores. Excellent, Unity.
1: nice one, Jenna. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, is that us? That's us. That's us. Oh my goodness! But I, we'll be back. Yeah,
0: very soon. very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Before you know it, even <laughs> you're going to be like,
1: oh my god, these guys again. But it's going to be great.
0: We'll be doing some on the ground podcasts. We don't know how many there will be, but <laughs> we'll just see how we go.
1: Just like last year, we're just going to
2: see what happens. We've got <laughs> see a mic- week the cost, and <laughs> you yeah. get to come to talk to us. Yeah, we'll probably
1: be dragging authors into yeah. corners to talk on our like little mobile microphone,
2: or it might be
0: just us. But yeah, or it might be just us,
2: roving, roving reporters. Yeah, on we're the ground. Committed. Coming to you direct from the Auckland Writers Festival. Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Thank you,
1: everyone, for listening so very much. Thank you to Tina, our wonderful producer, and thank you to the Matatui Foundation for your support, as always. Thank you to the spin off and their books page. Um, You know, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast like us oh, no, you can't like us
0: <laughs> do you subscribe yeah and you subscribe rate. and rate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And five stars only Yes, yeah. yeah please mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: otherwise get out of here <laughs> um, and you can yeah you can hit us up on Instagram Twitter and Gmail and
2: is that it? that's us
1: I'm really sorry if I was slurring
2: <laughs> must be that slushy yeah, yeah.
1: it's just slushy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. okay thanks everyone ta-ta bye Hello for Lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate.
0: Kia ora e te te butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off.